How's it going? Hi. How are you? Very, very well, thank yourself. I'm pretty good. Pretty disappointed. Aye, aye. Don't let it ruin your weekend, all right? Of course not. It's all not. good. It's, it's all good. <laughs> what are you yeah, up to? Well, it's my son's sixth birthday today, and he, uh, we've got him, my daughter, and the two cousins are down from Sydney. So oh, we're no. trying, to, trying no. to entertain them at the moment, which is interesting. How's Joy going? Yeah, she saw, she saw, but she's uh, yeah, she's getting through. So the Achilles injury, the Achilles surgery went well though, and uh, um, I think she'll 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 make a recovery. It'll just take a bit of time. She's a bit older than what she used to be when she did her other one. <laughs> I've got a couple of questions to ask you. Thank you for joining me today. Nah, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Um. I'm trying to go back to how we met, like when our friendship started. Yeah, I reckon um, we met at the community centre at um, as part of a, a workshop that was run by the city of Salisbury. At, um, um, it was to do with uh, multiculturalism and um, and inclusion, and you were uh, you were a big participant in the inclusion space which was really cool um and uh it was run by uh, the duke professor um and he spoke about uh some some racism stuff and uh just feeling how to how to how to make feelings of um inclusion and stuff a bit stronger within the community so it was a, it was a really well run workshop which was cool and i think that was with Katita. yeah yeah that was one yeah, that was it and then I think our friendship just blossomed from there. Well, how could I not uh, love it that you're a port supporter, very passionate, which was, which was easy. <laughs> so we had something in common in that sense. But no, nah, uh, you've been a huge, uh, huge supporter of the football club and huge supporter of everything that I've done in my space. So I feel um, very blessed to Definitely. be your friend. Always. Okay. How did you get started with AFL? Yeah, well, um, growing up in the country, I was uh, very, very into the sport. So I grew up in country Victoria, a small town called Wangaratta. Um, There's about 20,000 people in the region, um, I'd say, in, in the area. And they, um, yeah, everyone just loves sports. So I was playing a lot and a lot of basketball, a lot of soccer. Um, was getting in some representative teams and... I was one of five kids, so um, mum, mum sort of was doing a lot of the travelling. Mum and dad were doing a lot of the travelling with me for soccer, for training. Like I'd train uh, once, once or twice a week sometimes up in Albury, which is an hour drive. I'd have to drive for five, six hours for soccer, rep um, tournaments and games and stuff. So mum just asked me one day, is it okay if you quit soccer? <laughs> and so I decided, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll finish up because I was starting to get it. It was starting to get a bit... Um, a bit more challenging then and um yeah started playing i just followed my older brother into football and yeah just sort of started making some teams from there and then uh ended up at port adelaide and yeah the rest is uh, sort of pretty well pretty well talked about so all good do you mind me asking who actually coached you when 
you have the power. Yeah, so at the power, I started off with Mark Williams, Choco. Um, Yeah. He had a a huge, huge influence on me, um, especially with my self-belief. He was always very, very passionate about um, supporting um, individuals, but in particular, he had a a lot of time and uh, put a lot of time and effort into the Aboriginal boys at the footy club and then embraced me and um, sort of put me in the similar basket because he saw a fair few... Uh, similarities between um, some of the stuff that I brought to the football club, uh, along with other guys that had already been and passed through, like the Peter Burgoyne and Sean and guys like that. So there's a fair bit of similarities that he saw, and uh, I was obviously a bit more relaxed than most. So he um, he embraced me really well, and everything everything sort of stemmed from there. Went to Matty Primus, um, had a had a good stint with him. He had it, um, although it was short, he still had a fair bit had a big influence on me um, changing my mindset and stuff like that and then uh, we had Buddha Hocking for a few few weeks which is cool um, yeah he, uh, he, he's, he's a ripper he's uh, brought heaps to the football club heaps of energy heaps of knowledge um, always challenging you with uh, little games and little um, little uh, sort of uh, oh, physical and mental mental challenges which is awesome and then finished off with Kenny Hinckley so um, and yeah he just Brought a lot of love to the place and um, a fair bit of direction and stuff. And he was really, really big on, um, really, really big on those individual connections with players. And uh, he told me one day after spraying me for about twenty minutes, um, if he didn't, if he didn't spray me like that, it means that he didn't care about me, which means I'd probably be off the list. So that that meant a lot to me. And um, yeah, our relationship was really good from there. So like, when Charlie was coaching you, like. Was he like, he was like, I guess that I have like any kind of coach is like a father figure or a mother figure when it comes to sport. Yeah, definitely. And like, um, being a bit of a mummy's boy, I said sort of needed that mother figure as well. And I was really lucky to get put into a host family when I moved across and Tina Ames, um, she had had boys in the past stay with her that played for the football club, and that made that transition a lot easier. I could, um, and uh, had Mark as well, who was a really big uh, Mark Ames was her husband. It was a really big uh, support of me. But having that female influence was something that um, I always uh, always look for, and I still treasure to this day because I'm still yeah, really close with with her. Um, but then the father figures, the football father figures at the club were like, yeah, it's always your coaches. Um, you spend a lot of time with them um, and you, you get to know them personally on a personal level. You, you meet their family, um, you go around their houses for dinner, you go out for dinner with them it's, and the boys. It's, um, it's just a really, yeah, real good atmosphere to be around. It's like your, it's like your friends. Basically. Yeah, exactly. And they become, they end up becoming your family, especially um, you spend that much time together. And it really probably would have stood out a lot more last year with the COVID. And the, when the boys were spending five, six weeks away from their families, a lot of the boys from Victoria ended up moving up to Queensland for three months and stuff like that. So that just brought them really close together. Um, Did they really? They had, yeah, they had, a, they had a stint up in Queensland, which sounds really cool. But I know for a fact it was really difficult on a lot of people. So especially their partners, their kids, they all had to move up there. And, um, yeah, it just made the, the whole whole experience of last year seem a, a, a really a big feat for the AFL to be able to support the partners as well and the families. 
Well, what made you quit? What made you quit AFL when you did? Like, you just like did? Did you lose interest in it? Oh, look, I never, I've never lost interest. of uh, the passion for the for the for the hard work and all that sort of waned a fair bit with me, um, especially. But um, and then, like, I was really lucky to to sort of last as long as I did. Really privileged to play for eleven years. But um, going through the ups and downs, especially the weekly weekly ups and downs, is really hard. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't so much physically; it was more mentally that gets you um, in the end. And started to realise that there were guys coming through that that would really take the club forward, and like Tommy Cleary and uh, guys like that uh, who's still around today and some, playing some awesome football um, when he gets back, hopefully after he's fixed his jaw. But um, yeah, having having guys like that in the wings was I was sort of sort of slowing their development in a way. So, yeah, Kenny just said to me, we sat down, had a really good conversation and, yeah, the rest is history. I, I busted my knee, so, yeah, that was the end of it. So, um, well, I didn't want to stick around any longer than I wasn't welcome. So, it was good. But, like, I can see at least you and Kenny had that conversation and I guess you're, you're still welcome at the club, which is good because they're like, your family. Yeah, exactly. And it's always good to stay connected. Um, whether it's with when whether you are whether you transition out of AFL football or something else. I mean, I spoke to a lot of Defence Force guys the other week about um, their transition and uh, the feeling of wanting to f- feel connected is, is pretty powerful with with a lot of people that do transition, especially if they do come from a from a sporting background, uh, like a teen sporting background, or something like the army, or you know, they really they really treasure that connection with the with other people who are going through similar stuff, and I think that's a really important part that you are welcome back at these places at any stage and. To make sure that uh, you never feel that connection because it is a part of your identity, a huge part of your identity. It's been um, some of the you know, about the experiences that you've been through. Definitely. What's your favorite? Do you have any hobbies? Do you? Hobbies. Hobbies. Do you have any hobbies? Um, I'm really. Uh, like the number one focus at the moment is obviously the two kids um, and my wife. Uh, she's battling at the moment, but that's a <laughs> that's, um, so yeah. The kids are they're, they're just starting to get into sport too, which is amazing to see and be a part of. Um, and it's really it's it's a challenge. I think that a lot of parents probably might go through um, something similar that. Uh, you don't know what they're going to do or what they're going to be passionate about. And that's a really cool part about being a parent. Um, so they're, they're definitely the number one focus and my hobby at the moment is just looking after them really and just making sure that they're healthy and happy. Um, probably the other thing that I'm really interested in stuff is our, our business. Um, we've got a few businesses that we run and it's something that really um, gets us going in the morning my wife, and I, my wife and I, we're both really interested in business and she's doing a, a double degree in psychology and business at the moment. So um, just figuring out a path with that too. Would be wow, awesome. that's amazing.
What's your favourite workout meal? I don't know, I don't know, like we'd have lasagna religiously the night before a game, so um, probably I oh, still I still do that, but I probably shouldn't because I don't work out a whole heap. So, or as is much it, as I used to. Is so, that an yeah. actual thing? Yeah, they, yeah. A lot of the boys say, are pretty. Yeah, a lot of the boys are pretty superstitious. Um, it gets better with age, though. You don't don't really uh, hang your hat on those superstitions as much. But yeah, I know that uh, Robbie Gray, for instance, still has his banana and honey sandwiches before the game. Um, that's something that he's always done. Um, he's he's put away the pizza shapes though, which is good to, during the week. Which is, um, but he's yeah, he's his mindset and his ability to sort of uh, let go because I know he's really superstitious on a, a boat. He's pretty superstitious. He has the drawstrings hanging out of his shore um, in recognition of his father um, every game. As really? He uh, yeah. Wow. So yeah, some of the superstitions are like. They mean a lot to the boys, um, but some of them are just uh, <laughs> a bit of sometimes. So. Do you still see all those boys? Also, um, I still see them a fair bit. Um, I'll ring them up last minute to make videos and stuff for me and stuff, which is uh, pretty good. Um, no, but they, they're, they're really cool. They're... they're they're just like normal people. Um, they go about their business. They play footy on the weekend, and then they go home and yeah, they um, do everything they can to get better each day, which is a really and cool mindset for I think everyone. That's the thing as well. Like people think, oh, he's a footy, he's a footy player, he's a superstar. It's like no, he's got his own family. He's a normal person. Oh, they are superstars for that two or three hours that they are on, on the on the ground each week, which is um, and it's what they what they love doing, which is awesome that they can make a profession out of it. But they when they when they do go home, it's important that they they are just that that person themselves um, and making sure that they are they uh, look after themselves outside of football is a really important part and something that I'm pretty passionate about as well. Yeah, and I think. What a lot of people don't understand, and I guess you would be an ex-footy player for the AFL, like AFL stars, like, you know, when they're at home, it's like their time, or when they're out in public, they just want to be with their family. Yeah, it's hard because in this day and age with social media, trying to escape all that sort of stuff is almost impossible, so it's like 24 hours a day. People have the opportunity to connect with you, and I'll be honest, a lot of people have been really good. Um, but there are some certain parts of the community that find that um, an easy place to start to attack and victimise some of the players, either either for their um, for their football ability if they they couldn't get a kick for a week or something like that. And it's just uh, that's probably the sad part about social media. But I think there are people out there that do a really good job of it, and they are. Um, they do breed positivity on social media, which is um, something that's a lot harder than what people uh, think. Yeah. Um, what goals do you have for your future? Um, obviously, uh, a goal for mine on, on daily is to keep improving as a, as a person and um, doing a lot of self-awareness stuff because um, I, I know how important that is to, 
just uh, first of all to lead myself before I can lead others. Um, something that's really sort of st- sticks true in my mind. Um, I love I love listening to uh, different leaders around the world. Um, I've been privileged this week to listen to Michael Voss and Bruce Chatey talk about different leadership that they've uh, that they bring. Um, and probably a couple of key takeaways from that was um, a big one from Vossi was finding his identity um, yeah. outside of football and outside of being just a coach. Um, and now he's in such a great spot that if, if a coach did come his way, or he'd, uh, he's so well-prepared and well-versed that he'd, uh, he'd take that in his stride, I reckon. But And the other one was Bruce Jatay about... Um, he, like his story is phenomenal, but um, just the way that his mindset is still to keep getting better daily is unreal. And he he could have done um, he's moved on from his role at Adelaide United that, that finishes in a couple of weeks, but the fact that he still he said he could have done that job with his eyes closed for the next ten years and been really comfortable, but he hates feeling like that and hates feeling comfortable. So he challenged himself by moving on to a bigger role as a CEO of a, a community, the community of Adelaide, which is a, a huge challenge for him and a huge step, which is it's, it's just amazing that people, that someone that's achieved so much in his life, but he still wants to keep challenging himself in different ways. So do you actually know Bruce personally? Yeah, yeah I, uh, I know him well enough. Um, I was yeah, I was texting him, asking him if he'd do that for me. Um, he knew he knew what was what he was going to be up against since he announced he's uh, finishing up at the football club the day before. But it was for a leadership program that was about a hundred kids in that leadership program from different from multicultural backgrounds. And yeah, the fact that he could still find the time and the headspace in such a, a chaotic sort of period in his life to come along and do that chat was like really cool. And um, he's he's just. He's a, he's a guy that um, he'd always do everything he can for the community that he's involved with. I guess they're the kind of people that you consider lifelong friends. Yeah, definitely. And someone that I'd I'd be happy bouncing ideas off um, and someone that I'd probably lean on to give some some good advice and well, well-rounded advice on. Um, on some of the challenges that I might face in my life or, and I think that's important for any young person growing up that do find those people in your network that do have your best interests at heart, that, um, that have, have life experience as well, because, um, I know a lot of kids that have come through university and stuff and still feel lost. So, um, having people who've done been in the, in the place that you want to be and sort of following their footpath is a really good place to start. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what? What's your? What does your morning routine look like? Yeah, well, um, I've actually started uh, taking a few classes in the gym, which is uh, something new to me. And like, like I spoke with Bruce, for challenging himself. It's it's a challenge for me. So, uh, not much of an early uh, morning person, but um, I've started sometimes getting up at three forty-five just to get some work done before I get going to the gym. Um, and then, uh, but if not, if not, I'm uh, waking up, getting the kids ready for school, dropping to school, I'll go to work. Most of the time I'm late for work, but uh, you imagine <laughs> he understands the situation. So uh, that'd, be, uh, that'd be it. I'd be I'd either going to the gym to work or work out or I'm getting the kids ready um, and uh, just make it, yeah, I'll wake up, have my coffee and then get going for the day. So how do you... 
work between the gym and the footy club? Yeah, so the gym sort of finishes around sort of eight, the quarter to eight, eight o'clock, and then I'll um, have a quick pot to eat, then I'll rush to work most times. Um, but yeah, I'm just really privileged and lucky that the footy club's still supportive of that, that I can support um, my wife in that part of our lives as well. Do you still see Needy? Yeah, he comes around for a free feed all the time, all the time. But uh, it's it's great that because um, he's got a really strong connection with us. He lived with us for a year, and my wife like texts him all the time, making sure he's all right, and still wants to iron his clothes and fold his jocks and what next. But uh, he, his two kids are beautiful kids, so uh, we love having them over. But they come around for tea. And, yeah, we still uh, catch up a lot, which is cool. Who, we, throughout your AFL career, who would be your biggest influence that you still look up to today? Um, like having coaches. Well, there's, a, there's been a, there's probably been a there's probably been a number of people um, that have influenced me, um, like. Uh, I've, from the early days, Daryl Wakelin, um, footy-wise, and even um, personally, I mean, development-wise, he, he was amazing. Um, Toby Thurston's as well was probably another player, and Peter Burgon I spent a lot of time with. Um, even Daniel Motlop had a uh, certain influence on, on me, which is cool. And then, obviously, the friends that you form uh, throughout your career as well is pretty important. Um, in terms of coaches, uh, yeah, the late Dean Bailey was really, really Pivotal for me early on in my career, um, but also guys like Choco and all that. But probably the one that doesn't get, I probably don't mention enough would probably be Matty Nix. Wow. Yeah, he, um, he had a huge influence on me on, um, on uh, yeah, my mindset and stuff like that, and really made uh, made uh, me think that mindset and controlling that that side of the of football is really important, and it's something that I still. Uh, work on uh, all time throughout my life. So, so it's like a life challenge that these mentors, if you like to call them, they kind of set you up for life. Yeah, definitely. Um, and being able to sort of um, still touch base with them when you see them and um, still have conversations that. I think never discount a conversation because you can learn something from everyone. Um, and yeah, just making sure that you, the number one aim, people aim to be is successful. But what does success look like in your life? Each every person's individual. Everyone's got a different idea of what success like. Some people might have money. Some people might have happiness and stuff like that. So understanding who you are as a person is really important. A lot of that identity piece is huge for me. Um, and still working through that every day. What What do you do like now? What's the future now that you have retired? Yeah, obviously, um, still, we really got a passion for business. Um, so working through different uh, different pieces on that. Um, the the kids are growing up re really quickly. Um, so making sure that we can. I can support them in anything that they want to do. Like my daughter's really from left field a bit, and she's real artistic, which um, uh, 
probably the best thing I, I, I could do is draw a few stick figures and stuff. So uh, that's been a different thing for us is understanding her and being able to support her. Um, the, and then, yeah, just making sure that everyone's happy in the house, really. How did you manage, like, your footy career and the kids, like, in the sense that when you were away, like, you know, how did you do that? Yeah, well, my daughter was born in 2014 and because of it, uh, how good a year we were having, um, she almost flew with us. I, I pretty much took her to almost every game um, with my wife. So, and my wife had been on flights and stuff uh, and I think she'd been on, by the time she was one, she'd been on probably 50 flights. So, wow. she was really good, really used to it. Yeah, so, and she loved... Um, yeah, when when uh, when she did grow up and that sort of stuff, it was uh, really good for us um, being able to share those sort of photos and memories with her because now she reflects on. Um, yeah, she's like, oh, daddy, I took, I went to the football. I was like, yeah, so it was really cool. But like, you know, like because you're close with the boys at the footy club, do your kids call them like Uncle J- Uncle Jake and all that? Yeah, it's Uncle Jake. It's um, uh, yeah, I pretty much introduced all of his uncle, um, almost. So yeah, they like he's still uh, they still play around every now and then with Paddy Ryder's kids and stuff like that. So it's a it's a really did cool you, environment for them to grow up around. Did you end up playing with the Hoff? Yeah, I played a lot with the Hoff. Um, we'd probably be uh, our kids are around the same age too, but. He lives up in the hills. <laughs> so, I'm not driving that far. Nah, he's a good man. He's a very good man. It's amazing to hear your story, like how you got in the AFL and like where you are today. Like, because each, each person's story is actually so different. It's unbelievable. Yeah, thanks, Hoops. And as always, it's absolute. Pleasure to be dealing with you, mate. You're you are a very, very special individual, and something that uh, the thing that I'll probably reflect on is that you never held back by anything, um, and you're always out there trying to out there trying to get stuff, which is cool. It's awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. You're like one of the best mentors ever. Uh, thanks, Hayson. It's great to call you a friend. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Sorry about that, that's my daughter. Oh, you're too good. Thanks so much for joining us, man. That was amazing. You guys crushed that. That was unreal. So good. Uh, it, was, uh, it was good. Thanks, Nicolette. That was awesome. That's you're right. really good at that, Nicolette. Hi, yeah. I, was, I was actually a bit. Um, I thought of joy because last week, last time we tried, and you were like, sorry, I got meetings, and I'm like, now that you had a Achilles, he might not be able to do it. Uh, we got the, the mother in law's down at the moment, so How did out, she which is do cool. It? And she's, uh, because uh, yeah, to be honest, we got, we got great support around, um, that they're always willing to come down and help us out, which is awesome, and we're really, really lucky.
How, how did Joy do her ankle? She'd done her Achilles playing netball. So she's running around with a few friends as a, um, in the Masters. So they, they reckon Masters is over 30 these days. So, um, yeah, she was just playing with, um, do you remember, um, what was her name? Emily Beaton yeah. as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she played. Uh, was playing with her and one of her good friends as well, who dragged her out as well. So, and she, uh, yeah, unfortunately tore her Achilles just jogging. So it was a pretty small wow. sort of thing to happen, but uh, but she'll be right though. She'll be right. Do you think as well, like being in the poor power community, do you get like a lot of work outside of footy? Oh, look, I think just being in the community area, like I think most people in the community area that do this sort of work, they would understand that you probably never ever really switch off. Um, it's probably similar in other areas, but I can't comment on that. But Because um, you're always getting text messages or Facebook messages or something from someone asking asking for, um, for guidance, for help, for... Um, to talk to communities, to do this, to do podcasts, to do all that sort of stuff. But I'll, I'll, I'm so passionate about this area that the uh, work hours mean not, not, not much to me at the moment. We are cool. actually with Silver Youth Council. We are doing a lot about like, you know, community based as well, because that's mm. really important to us as well. Like, yeah. as a community. The other thing, the other thing, the the key thing that um, is communication, because understand that you you guys have got some awesome ideas. You may be young, but you still got a voice and you're still very powerful. So yeah. Understand that you've, your your ideas and everything that you do is, is important, especially for guys, the kids of your age that don't want to talk, that don't have the confidence to speak up to people who are on the council, who are, or they might not know the networks and the people to talk to. So. You guys are a really important sort of bridgeway for that sort of conversation, and the fact that you guys can actually talk to your council and that they listen, they might make things happen sometimes, but other times they might not. But that's okay as long as you guys are voicing your opinion. Yeah, and like the, it, this being my last year on youth council, I want to be a mentor next. I want to try and be a mentor. Yeah, awesome, mate. I think. It, I think. It gives me an extra two years where I can make a difference, you know. Yeah, definitely. I think I think no matter if you're even if you are not in the mentor position, but I think that if you keep continuing to use your voice, um, especially if you're speaking for the majority, um, so that means just going out, listening to people, talking to them, uh, catching up with them about what they what they're facing in their lives to make sure that. You know, you are looking after your community, which is a, it's an amazing mindset too, mate. So well done with that. And you know what? I think having a disability, like you need to, I, I feel like I need to speak up for the people that can't. Exactly. And I think you do an amazing job of doing it. Like, and that's probably why you got um, got that recognition on Australia Day, mate. So I think, yeah, yeah you keep using your voice. It's, it's really powerful. And don't lose that passion, mate, even if you get told. No, just keep knocking on the door. I know. I know with you and I being friends, I can always ask you questions. Like, you you always be 
Anytime, mate. Anytime. Uh, anytime. Uh, mate. Anytime. Well, you guys have fun. Uh, take care of yourselves. I'm going to go take this to the zoo now, apparently. Yeah. So. Hello. I might leave him there. Hey, Ali. <laughs> right. See you later, guys. See you, man. Enjoy your day. Have a good weekend, too. Remember me? See you, bro. Hey. Hey. Remember me? Remember you? I'm back. Yeah, where'd I meet you? Yeah, where'd I meet you? I did a, I did a, I did a South Australia state team for Special Olympics. Yeah, I, I reckon you were down at, um, were you down at West Beach with, um, were you down yeah, at West yeah, Beach? Yeah, 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 South Australia, yeah, that was me. Yeah, yeah, I oh, know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wicked, yeah, wicked right? Good to see ya. Good Hope you guys uh, have a great weekend. Yeah. Okay? We'll, we'll all catch up. Take care. You See too, you guys. Man. Have a great weekend. Thanks so much.